0: I feel like especially after Easter, the reckless love of God hits different. It strikes right out of my core. And Ascent, I am so excited um, to be up here today, to be up here sharing with all of you. My heart is still overflowing from Easter, being able to celebrate online, in person, outside. Um, I really believe that God is doing something. He is up to something here at Ascent. And I'm so glad that we get to be a part of that. Um, I know our family continues to grow even throughout this pandemic. So if you are new, if it's your first time, if it's your second time visiting us, just wanna say welcome, we're so glad you're here. And my husband, oh, snaps, a little magic going on, okay. Um, my husband has been texting me like, do not forget to plug Collective. So if you don't know, Maurice and I co-lead Collective. It's our college and young adult ministry. And this Sunday, next Sunday, just kidding. Next Sunday, the 18th, we have a um, collective night coming up. So it's gonna be worship, community giveaway. So if you are a college or young adult person, make sure you plug in, register for that online. Um, today, I have the privilege of kicking off our brand new series called Make It Matter. And as I was talking with um, the preaching team and just figuring out where we're going, I was like, Bill, can you just clarify for me what is the it in that? Because everyone was talking about it and I just felt like the person on the outside, like I'm not sure what that it is. And if you are here wondering, you've seen the graphic, you might have seen it in the bathroom, Um, when we talk about Make It Matter, We're talking about making our faith matter. God has given us a responsibility to make our faith matter. And in order to make something matter in your life, like that's up to you. You put in the time. You put in the effort. You talk about the significance and the impact of that thing in order for it to matter. And with this series, we're going to talk about making your faith matter in several different contexts. I mean, there's so many different ways that we can go about this, right? But today, since I am kicking us off, I feel like there's only one place that makes sense to start. One place that makes the most sense to ground this series in. And that's making your faith matter at home. Because if your faith is gonna matter anywhere, it's gonna matter at your job, matter with your neighbors, matter on campus, it has to start with your faith mattering at home. So I want to ask, how many of you in this room or watching online are fans of the show Fixer Upper? Anyone? Y'all know I like people talk back to me, give me some hands. Thank you, thank you very much. Okay, we got some fans. I didn't know anything about that show until I moved here in 2016. And if you if you maybe still don't know what that show is, it's about this couple, Chip and Joanna, they go around Texas and they take these fixer-oper homes and they turn them into dream homes. They can make something ordinary, extraordinary. They can restore and repair a home that has a lot of issues, a whole project, and make it into something beautiful. Make it into your wildest dreams. They have so much vision to see a run-down, tore-up, busted and disgusted space and make it into something that would be on your Pinterest board, to be something that you would say, man, that is breathtaking. And as much as I am in awe of their abilities and how they can transform a place, Nothing amazes me quite like this community because I feel like a lot of y'all have this chip in Joanna gene. I mean, a lot of y'all know how to take out the carpet in your home and put in tile. A lot of y'all know how to do the backsplash yourself. True story, I didn't know what backsplash was for like a legit year, and I just felt embarrassed because everybody kept talking about it, and then I had to Google it, and I'm like, oh, that's what it is. Um, we had one of my friends in this last service who actually built the cross that we had here for Good Friday. I know there's also so many of you that just know how to build your own furniture, right? You can make it happen. Oh, we're getting some claps. Amen, I love to see it in the building. 1030 is where it's at. Um, so yeah, so many of you, have so many skills and you're gifted in your hands and just your vision of what you can see, how you can redo your basement or even our lead pastor, Bill, this past week and he's showing me pictures of how he tore up his patio and how he's about to have this whole new situation going on. Now, you have people like that and then you have people like me. And I would say that I am not someone that relishes on home projects and building things. Any piece of furniture we have in our apartment right now, um, shout out to all the students and college students that I've been able to walk with, they've helped me build it. Maurice doesn't build, I don't build, we just don't. So instead of like, um, I feel like you're either in one or two camps I feel like you're either team fixer-upper, you have the vision, you get excited, whether it's changing in Colorado, so maybe you're pulling out your list of projects, of things that you want done at your house, things that you wanna do at your apartment, or you're like me, you're team DIY. And what I mean by that is team DIY. Why would I do that? Why would I want to do that? Why would I even know how to do that? Why wouldn't I let the professionals do that? Because that's what they get paid for, okay? So you're either one or two. And as I started thinking more about the concept of this show, Fixer Upper, I started to think, what if instead of focusing on what's visible, instead of focusing on what's appeasing to the eye, what is seen, what if the concept for the show Fixer Upper was solely based on the foundation of the home? Something that you don't really see initially. And that got me thinking about us. What if you, your foundation, needs some love? Your foundation needs some attention. What if your foundation needs some repair, needs some renovation, needs some reconstruction? When it comes to making your faith matter at home, your foundation is critical. I mean, the same way in the natural, if you don't have a solid and stable foundation, that's gonna cause you issues, whether it's apparent right now or it's something that's gonna happen in the long run. If your foundation is not firm and solid, how long will your house stand? And I believe in this season God wants us to assess our foundation. Our foundation is critical to our faith walk. And today I want to examine that and I want to unpack that and to see why Jesus says that our foundation is significant to making our faith matter at home. But before I do that, let's pray. God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to share your word with this community that I love. I pray, God, for every person under the sound of my voice that what they would hear would be so specific and personalized, Father, to where they are right now in their life. I pray, God, against any distractions. I pray that we would be present and that we would have ears to hear what you are saying, what you wanna say to us right now as it pertains to our foundation. So God, speak to us. Speak through me, God. I submit and surrender this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So, Jesus was unlike anybody that the people of his time had met. Jesus was someone who was all about compassion and inclusivity. Jesus was someone who sat at the table with sinners and tax collectors. Jesus engaged the people that the religious leaders ostracized. Jesus performed signs and miracles. Jesus taught with someone who had authority which was something that they was not seeing around their time. Jesus was committed to doing the Father's will. Jesus claimed to be the Son of God, which was something at the time that a lot of people struggled with, was giving him side eye and also caused a lot of commotion. So rightfully so, the crowd, the people, they were attracted to Jesus. They were drawn to Jesus. And in this moment particular that I'm talking about today, it's one of Jesus' most famous sermons. It's called the Sermon at the Mount. So I want y'all to imagine this. It's standing room only. It is packed. The people came not only to see Jesus, to see this person that everybody had been talking about, to see this person that the people who have been healed, that couldn't, couldn't walk, were lame, could walk, the people who couldn't see, who were able to see now who they were talking about, they came to see and hear about Jesus. So in this packed environment, Jesus is telling them about the kingdom. He's telling them about the kingdom of God, what exactly it is, what it looks like, what his followers, what, his, um, what the people who believed in him were called to do, how they were called to live. And one of the things I'm gonna just throw out for free that's not even a part of my sermon, um, in the beginning of Matthew 7, talks about judge not. And that's something I think the church, we gotta do better, because we could be judgy, judgy, senor judgy, judgy, judgington. So, um, those are some of the things that he talked about in the Sermon on the Mount. And where we are today is the grand closing, the conclusion of this sermon. Jesus' final words to this crowd. And that's what I want to read to you all. And I'm going to start at the 24th verse. It says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So in the Bible, the word house can take on quite a few different meanings. One of them, house, can refer to your family You'll see in scripture they talk about the house of David. Um, Today in our context, it could be the house of Johnson, the house of Stevens, the house of Bridgerton. You know, whatever, whatever you wanna do, it's the house. It could speak for the family. The house can also refer to the temple, the church, God's, the place where God's people gather. But in this specific context, the house that we're talking about is your life. The house that we're talking about is your life. And there's one thing that I want to just anchor on today and if you're taking notes, if you're taking a mental note or literally writing something down, I want you to remember today and it's this. Living out our faith at home builds a strong foundation. Living out our faith at home builds a strong foundation. And what I actually want to do is I want to reread that passage. And instead of using the word house, I want to replace it with the word life. Because I want that to just really sink in your heart and your mind today. Again, it says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man or woman who built his life or her life on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat on that life, but it did not fall, because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his life on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. So now, family, I want to ask you a question. Is your life built on rock or is your life built on sand? And maybe before you can accurately answer that question, I need to unpack that a little bit more. So again, in the Bible, because that's, that's what we're preaching from today. The rock is not just the rock that we're used to throwing our hand, throw, you know, pick up and throw a rock. The rock in scripture is also another way to talk about God. I believe it's Psalm 18.2 it says, it's the words of David, he's saying how the Lord is my rock. He is strong, he is firm, he is unchanging. He is stable, he is my rock. A lot of times when we talk about Easter, we hear the language that Jesus is the chief cornerstone. Jesus is the stone that the builders rejected. And I had to write down, because if I'm honest... A lot of times when people talked about the cornerstone, I didn't really understand. I mean, honestly, like, Hooked on Phonics, it's a stone that's in the corner, right? But what really does that mean? And um, let me tell you right now. So, the cornerstone, it unites two walls at a corner of a building and essentially holds the building together. So Jesus is the cornerstone of the church. Jesus is the foundation of the church. Without Jesus, there would be No church. And as I mentioned that Jesus is the rock, cornerstone, I think it's also important that I mention that Jesus is also referred to as the living word. In John 1, it talks about how in the beginning was the word and God was the word. But it talks about how the word became flesh, how the word dwelt among us. And they're talking about Jesus. John is talking about Jesus in that moment. So if that's the rock, what is the sand? The sand is everything that culture and society tell us to build our life upon. Culture tells us to build our life upon money. Even a baby, that was an amen to like, yep, that ain't it. Culture tells us to build our life upon success. Culture tells us to build our life upon achievement upon fame, upon followers, upon pursuing the next thing. Culture tells us to build our life upon ourselves, upon doing whatever we wanna do, however we wanna do it. Culture encourages us, that came out a little weird, culture encourages us to build our lives on everything but God. But in that passage it says, Jesus is saying these words. He says, whoever hears these words and does them is like a wise individual that builds their house, a.k.a. builds their life on the rock. Building your life on God. Building your life on God's word. Building your life on the stability of God. Because one of the things about sand is I really miss the beach living in California. And back in my day, I used to make some really nice sand castles that were impressive, but they lacked longevity. A wave would come, somebody running, not paying attention would run, and my sand castle that I took time to build would be destroyed. And I think that's the same thing for us. We can build impressive lives on the sand, or we can build a life upon God in his word that is stable, that is sturdy, that will hold us up even when we're on our knees at our lowest of lows. And that's what I wanna talk to you all about today. Another thing that I want you all to highlight and remember is that a strong foundation requires continual hearing and doing. A strong foundation requires continual hearing and doing. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. I learned that passage in the King James Version. And it says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I feel like the church, not just Ascent, the church as a whole, we got the hearing part, right? We come on a Sunday, we listen online, we tune in to a podcast, but something I think a lot of us have had to wrestle with in this pandemic is, is my faith limited or only lived out on a Sunday? Is it only lived out for a college night or a student night? Is it only lived out during a core group? Because if that's the case, we put a cap on what God can do. We put a limitation on the power of his word. Y'all, it says his word is alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. So again, we're good with the hearing part. But the next part, there's two parts. It's hearing and doing. And that's what James 1, 22 tells us. It says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Jesus calls us to do both. There's another account, I believe actually just a few verses earlier in Matthew 7, where Jesus says, why do you say, Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I tell you to do? But you don't do what I say to do. And family, what I'm saying is like hearing is not a bad thing. Obviously, that's how we get faith, by the words that we hear, by the words that we read, by the things that God speaks to us. But my question is, what are you doing with those words? I don't know if y'all remember this time, I don't even know if this was technically my time, but I'm aware of it, when like, what would Jesus do was like the big thing, they had bracelets, and you just see that everywhere, WWJD. I think we need to modify that. It's not just what would Jesus do, it's what is Jesus calling me to do right now with the words that I'm hearing. Why are you here today? Why are you tuning in online? Why does God have you here listening to these words? What does God want you to do about hearing a message on your foundation, about building a strong foundation that is built upon him, building your life upon him and his word? Building your life upon the rock. I think another thing to mention about rock and sand is that you build your life on sand, it'll be quick, it won't cost you as much. But building your life on the rock is gonna cost you, it's gonna cost you your time, it's gonna cost you your heart. What is, what is number one on your heart? Matthew 6, 33 says to seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all those other things all those other things shall be added unto you. And we don't seek God first just so we can get those other things. We seek him first because of his reckless love for us, because he loves us so much and that we have the opportunity to be in relationship with him. Hearing and doing, hearing and doing. There's one last point that I wanna point out from this text. there's some comparisons that can go on. So in this passage, there's two men. They both build a house, they both hear the words of Jesus, and they both experience a storm. However, Jesus refers to one as wise, and one as foolish. I wanna break down what wisdom is. Wisdom is the ability and willingness to apply spiritual truth to life circumstances. And foolishness is just quite the opposite. It's our inability and unwillingness to do that. So again, Jesus is saying, whoever hears these words and does them, whoever hears these words and applies them to their life, they are like the wise person. And y'all, if I could just be straight up, Proverbs is one of my favorite books to read. My pastor in LA, he would always tell me like he would read a Proverbs that uh, coincides with the day. So like today, I would read Proverbs 11. And Proverbs will let you know when you're being wise and when you're being foolish. And sometimes I'm in the foolish category, but it's okay, because I get a new start every day. His mercies are new every morning. And the last thing that I want you all to know is that a strong foundation better equips us for the storms of life. A strong foundation better equips us for the storms of life. I didn't say it exempts you from the storms of life. I didn't say it shields you from the storms of life. I think of one of my favorite passages in James 2 where it says, count it all joy when you go through various trials and tribulations. That's what storms are in scripture it's trials, it's those low seasons, it's those valley moments. I know a lot of us love to be on the the mountaintop when things are all good and God is good and everything's working how you want it to, but it's honestly when we're in that low place, when we're in the valley, that God really begins to work, that God really begins to expand and strengthen our faith even more. And in that passage, both men, had to experience a storm. Both men, but it says that one was not destroyed by it. And I like to think, um, I don't know who said this, but it's something that I've just immediately taken in my heart, is that you may bend, but you won't break. And again, on your foundation, I mean, think about just, let's all go back to our elementary days and we're learning about three little pigs, you know, one that built his house? I don't remember all the houses. One with straw, forget the other one, and the brick. And I think important thing about storms is that sometimes a storm will come to you and you did absolutely nothing wrong. It's not your fault. It's just what comes with life sometimes. But also, and I don't like to give the enemy too much credit, but I have to let you know that we do have an enemy, an enemy that loves to steal, to kill, to destroy an enemy that is also known as the father of lies. An enemy that when he sees you trying to build your life upon God, oh, that's when he wants to come in. That's when he wants to uh, whisper a, a word of doubt and discouragement and confusion to you. And the same thing like with the three little pigs. When the wolf came to huff and puff, try to blow the house down on a brick, could not do it. And brick to me is the rock. Brick is being founded upon God and his word and living it out. As my husband and I are in this process of finally looking for a home in this wild Colorado market, something that I've been hearing a lot and been watching a lot of YouTube videos is the inspection that is needed. And as I start thinking about my life and your life and all of our lives and our foundation, we have the greatest inspector available to us. And I wanna share with you all just what I've been praying throughout this week and what I wanna continue to pray, and I hope you will adapt in your prayers, is Holy Spirit, what does my foundation look like right now? God, what part of my life needs renovation? God, what part of my life needs repair? I think sometimes we could just start to see the symptoms. We see the crack, we see the hole, we see the small fire over there, we see our kids acting out a certain way. We notice that we're a bit more short with the people that are closest to us. Instead of trying to attack the symptom, what if you ask God to reveal what's going on at the foundational level? What's going on in your heart? What's going on in your mind? God, what does my foundation look like? As we are in this series of making our faith matter at home, there's one area of my life where I feel like I am going through a storm and I feel like I just wouldn't be real and authentic if I got up here and Looking for my husband and I don't see him. Where is he? Um, there's an area where I am in a storm, and when it comes to making our faith matter at home, I feel like I gotta talk about it. And as I share, I'm probably gonna get emotional. That's why I'm looking for my husband. There he is. Praise God. Um, I know that what I'm gonna share is something that a lot of people will not share until they're on the other side. And it's also something that is very hard, and something that is very vulnerable. So anyone who is in this circumstance does not have to share it. But I feel like so much of my life I have shared when I've been in the middle place and I don't really know what's on the other side. Um, so that's what I wanna share with you all today. So Maurice and I, have um, been trying for a baby for almost a year, and I was telling my husband, I think what is making me really overwhelmed by emotion as I share is that I'm carrying so many women with me right now, um, every February I do like my month of prayer and in that month I had so many women just sharing with me that they're in a similar place. So when you see that emotion, know that is not just me, I feel it for the women that I'm praying for and their journey. Um, and one of my worst fears was that whenever I felt ready to like actually start trying, that like it just wasn't gonna go how I thought it was like. I have friends that are able to plan, like, oh, you know, I want my baby to be born in summer, or, you know, uh, I don't want to be pregnant during summer; it's too hot. And in um, this season, I don't have that. Um, I don't have that privilege to decide when I want to conceive. And um, yeah, it, it's a hard thing to to walk through. And I remember just as we started telling him like, you know, everyone's journey is different. We don't know what this is gonna be. And I feel like I started in such a healthy mental space. And then month one, mother nature came and I'm just super emotional, like it's month one. And now we're hitting like a year mark and I have the thoughts and everything that comes in my mind. Like it's something wrong with me, is something wrong with Maurice. And it's hard. And the only reason that I could share this with you in a public way, one, because you're my family, two, because I feel like that's what God wants me to share in this moment. And I know this is a safe place for me to do that. But it's because really that in this season I am standing on my foundation that even though I feel uncertain, like I don't know what's on the other side for us. I don't know if I will be able to conceive, I, I just don't know. But in January, God, as he just knows what's going on in my heart, he gave me this verse to stand on in this season, to believe, and I wanna share that with you. It's Isaiah sixty twenty two, and it says at the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Y'all, that's what I'm standing on. That, although I get emotional, and again, because I'm carrying so many women with me, that has given me peace. And I don't know where you are in your life, but I was thinking about the story of Hannah, and if you're not familiar with her, um, she's the mother of Samuel, and a part of her story is that she was barren. She wanted so desperately To have a child. Her husband had a handmaid, he mocked, uh, this woman mocked her and teased her for being barren. She has this really raw moment with God. She's breaking down in tears and just asking God, would you please do this for me? I will dedicate him to you. And spoiler alert, she does have a son. But something that I learned from her story two years ago when I wasn't even in the season of trying is that it also says in the scripture that she received a double portion. And that's something as I am in, <laughs> I feel Hannah's shoes, I know it's gonna be challenging at times, I know I'm gonna get emotional but I'm also praying, God, what is the double portion that you've given me in this season? And I wanna focus on that, because that's one of the things that we have today as believers, we get to look at the scripture, we get to learn from the people that walked with God before us. And I don't know where you are today, I don't know if there's someone in this room or someone that's watching that is in a season of trying to conceive But even if you're not, you still may feel like you're in a place where there's a great storm, where you are experiencing some form of barrenness. You lost a spouse, your marriage ended in divorce, you lost a job, you're about to graduate and you don't know what to do, you don't know your purpose. You feel this this ache, this hole in your heart. And I pray as hard as it is even for me, that you would ask God, God, what is the double portion that you've given me in this season? I know what's lacking, I know what's missing, but what is that double portion that you've given me? And then like he gave me a word, I didn't even ask for that. I want you to be bold and ask, God, what is the word that you want me to stand on in this season? If you're believing for, man, I just got a prayer request about a mom whose heart is breaking for her daughter and the anxiety and just the decisions that her daughter is doing right now in this season. Maybe you're not in the storm, but maybe someone you love, someone that is close to you is in a storm. God, what is the word that I could be praying for that person? How could I be standing in the gap? How can I be walking with them in that middle place? And as the prayer pastor here, I... I'm sharing this with you, and I would love if you would just say a prayer for Maurice and I in this season. You would keep us lifted in your prayers. But as always, here on Sunday and even throughout the week, we want to be available to pray for you. And I know sometimes as the person who is sat in that seat, there can be a barrier with coming up to ask someone to prayer. There can be a barrier writing that on the chat, doing that request prayer tab. But today in hopes of removing any barriers. If any part of my message resonated with you, if there's an area that we can pray as a church, as a community, as a prayer team, we can stand in the gap, stand in the middle with you, I would love for you to text your prayer requests to the number on the screen. I wanna pray for you. I wanna believe God for you. I wanna see you build your life on a firm foundation. COVID has shaken us all up, right? In one way or another. I'm praying that you would build your life, that you can endure storms on a, storms on a firm foundation, a foundation that not, is not easily shaken, a foundation that doesn't change, No matter what weight you're carrying, your foundation built on God, your life built on God, he can handle it, he can walk with you. Even when you feel so weak, He could be your strength and help you walk. You'll hear me say this a lot, but I truly desire for us to be a house of prayer. So if that is you, that number. I'll be praying for you. I'm gonna come up after worship and pray over any of those requests that I've received. And I just thank you all for holding space for me today. Um, seeing so many familiar faces gives me strength to share something that is pretty hard for me. Um, I'm just grateful for you. Grateful to be in this community with you. And I'm I'm honored to be able to stand in the gap, stand in the middle place with other people, whether you're in a similar place like me, or you're in a storm, or you're experiencing another area of barrenness. I'm gonna pray, let's pray. God, we thank you that you see us. God, we ask that you would help us to examine our foundation that you would reveal to us what's going on beneath the surface. God, we want to build our lives upon you and your word. God, we want to be we want to be the people that James 1:22 talks about. People that not only hear your word, but people that do your word, people that live out your word people that don't have to quote or post scripture because our lives are scripture. Our lives speak to your goodness. Our lives speak to your strength. Our lives speak to your glory. Our lives speak to your redemption. Our lives speak to your goodness, to your presence. God, would you help us? We love you so much, Jesus. Thank you.